everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to Worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well, having a great day, evening, weekend, whenever it is you're sitting down and listening to this. Now today, I am joined by a very special guest. I am joined by one of the co-owners of Can-Am Wrestling out in Calgary, Alberta, Otto Gentile. Otto, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing as good as can be trying to enjoy the weekend, you know, have a little fun. So you, uh, you guys just wrapped up some shows the past couple days, correct? Yes. We, uh, just did, uh, Okotoks Friday night, which was, uh, incredible. It always is in Okotoks. It's, uh, the town that the, uh, fans have built for us. So it's always a pleasure to go back there. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, just finished doing Brooks. Alberta as well. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, you'll do your shows, you know, in, in Calgary, but then you'll also do outside some of the smaller towns. I know you're, you've been in Innsfeld and places like that. So really being able to get out to some of those smaller towns that might not get professional wrestling. It's kind of, a, it's become our niche. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we focus on the smaller towns because uh, those are the towns that treat us like family. Yeah, And uh, we absolutely love it. The uh, support we're getting in all these small towns is absolutely incredible from the business uh, sector. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's fun to watch these small towns grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in uh, Okotoks for over a year now. Okay. And we've actually built the event to where it's sold out every time we go there now. Oh, nice. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you've been a part of wrestling for quite a while, and I mean, you got your start as a as a professional wrestler. So, what? How did that all come to be? Your your introduction into wrestling? Uh, I've always, you know, wanted to be in the wrestling business, uh, specifically a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my love for it started back when my uncle used to take me to Stampede Wrestling. Uh, when I was six, seven years old. So uh, it's just taken its course where I, my first introduction was in 1988. And then uh, I left a little bit to go and try the bodybuilding sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, uh, I did all right in the bodybuilding. I came in second in Southern Alberta and eighth in Alberta in the middleweight division. And from there is where uh, the, I got serious about the training. My mentor, my trainer was uh, Steve Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrestled for WWE, uh, but his uh, big thing was uh, he was known as Dr. Hannibal in uh, Japan. Yeah, that, in FMW, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Him and Dr. Luther, who is now mm-hmm. with uh, AEW, were a tag team together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like having that, you know, almost like to be introduced with like Stampede Wrestling, because I remember that was something growing up, you know, seeing it on TV, that that hour block and like 
coming from Calgary, Alberta, you know, like having something in Canada's backyard was such a big deal for someone, you know, a few provinces over. Like I always thought it was incredible knowing that there was, you know, maybe not as major a promotion as, you know, a WWF or an NWA at the time, but still something you could really stick your teeth into. Yeah, it was awesome. And especially because Stampede Wrestling was, was known for its storytelling of the matches, which was, that's what really hooked me, what caught me, uh, you know, the good versus evil and uh, just the way they did it, where they would do the interviews live, but nobody in the venue could hear it. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to watch it the next day so that you could actually see what the heck was going on and what they were saying. Right. So yeah, it kept fans uh, hooked on the, on the product. It kept fans intrigued with the storytelling that they told and and it's funny because we started our school here we also run the uh alberta wrestling academy the awa and when we opened the doors in october of 2020 right in the middle of pandemic our coach or our head coach was bruce hart okay so So, yeah so the original storyteller right so (laughs) i've learned a lot from him Mm mm-hmm and uh, just to be with him every day and talking uh, with him, the stories that he'd tell us were, it, it was just amazed me at the stuff and the knowledge that this gentleman had in, inside of him. So we tried to renew that, but unfortunately, uh, Bruce is, uh, he's getting older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird to think about that, you know, these people you were watching and had such a huge impact on your, on our lives that like, yeah, they are getting up there in age and it's, it's you know, time, it takes a toll on everybody. It's just yeah, know, exactly. a fact of life. So. And not only did they have an impact on our lives, I mean, they had an impact on the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all the great stars that they uh, created, mm-hmm. you know, from... Uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, uh, Dynamite Kid. Uh, no, I had a brain fart there. Sorry. <laughs> the British Bulldog, uh, Dr. D, David Schultz, Honky Tonk Man. Uh, it, it just goes Bad News Allen. The list goes on and on and on. All these great wrestlers that came out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. That's a it- statement. You know what I mean? It, it's weird to like as a kid when I was watching, you know, and like you see these these characters like, you know, seeing Beef Wellington and Steve DeSalvo and guys like that who like they may not have been, you know, huge names elsewhere, but to Western Canada and maybe even all across Canada, they were seen as a big deal. And that's something like I always like, like Jason the Terrible, I would mark out for him now if I was able to see clips, you know, it's just exactly it, it's one of those things. It's that 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 uh, aura about them, you know, the, the that they uh, the and it was the storytelling that they told that made these guys such incredible figures in the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. And you're right, uh, you know, Biff Wellington, uh, Ben Basarab, guys like that would have never been known in other areas, but because of Stampede Wrestling, they made a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were like watching Stampede was sort of your introduction to wrestling. Yeah. And I mean, at what point were, was it something that you were giving consideration to wanting to actually pursue? Oh, for, it's been all my life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been wrestling. Uh, everything's been wrestling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started in 88 and 
my trainer would invite me the first time to the Southland Leisure Center here in Calgary, Alberta. And I walked in expecting a ring, but there was no ring. And he picked me up and slammed me on the gymnasium floor. That was my introduction to stamp to, to wrestling. And, uh, he said to me, come back when you're flexible. So, uh, six months later I came back and, uh, they had found a facility or a community hall that, uh, we could set the ring up and start actually training the right proper way. And my first day who walks in through that door, Lance storm, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, Rick Titan, and two Japanese superstars that they uh, had brought over for the, the shows they were, they were doing. And uh, yeah, let me tell you, that was one hell of a training session. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I mean, to be a part of that is your almost introduction and to look back at it now and just seeing where everyone was able to like cement their footprint into wrestling. I mean, that, that was a really special crew you had training. Oh, with. hell yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I, I'm still, I, I, when I think back of all these memories, it's just, um, it amazes me the people that have come in and out of my life mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I started off as just a, a lowly announcer back at, uh, the Victoria community center here in Calgary. I think it was Rocky mountain wrestling at the time, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, but I would introduce like Lance storm, Chris Jericho, Rick Titan, all these guys, you know? And then to actually be able to get the training and get myself in the ring and perform. And once you start performing that, that hooks you for sure, because the, the, the entertainment factor for, to, to get fans to boo or, or cheer you is something else. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a drug that everybody in professional wrestling loves. and, And I can, Imagine every guy would say the same thing. It, once you get that, that it's it it just becomes uh, the next level for you. You know, to to get fans to boo or cheer you is uh, absolutely so much fun. People have mentioned that you know having the power to like control the crowd to know that what you're doing is impacting their emotion and having them more invested in the show, and it really just shows like the I don't want to say power, but like just the way you can like tell a story and get them more invested into what you're doing and presenting. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I've, uh, uh, we started Can-Am wrestling in 1996 mm-hmm. is when we start started the wheels rolling. Uh, uh, six months later, we started doing shows at the back alley nightclubs. That's why we've always called that our home. Yeah. And we call it the Can-Am arena. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to have the superstars that we had in our ring was something else. I, I, I mean, I've had Jim the Anvil Nightheart in my ring. I've had the original Cuban assassin in my ring, Gamma Singh, uh, Leo the Legend Burke, you know, like these names will never be forgotten in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. 
I was I went back and I was looking at some of the lineup like match lineups for those original Can-Am shows and like there was a solid crop of you know stampede wrestlers who had cemented a legacy in Calgary being a part of Can-Am wrestling but then also some of the younger newer ones like I saw like Teddy Hart was on some of the shows so it was yes, like he was. a mixture of you know the older veterans you know who could still go out there perform put on great shows but then also the new blood that was coming up and getting them the reps getting them the experience as well. Yeah, and that's pretty much what we've done now as well. We've cemented ourselves with an incredible roster of veterans and now the new blood that's coming up. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you put a vet and a rookie together and they have that that chemistry to, to make magic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, we got such an incredible crew of rookies right now, like the Prospector, Wes Barker, uh, Scorpius, uh, Daniel Mayhem. The list goes on and on. Davy Disaster. These guys started with our school in uh, 2020. And to see where they were then and to see where they are now performing for Can-Am Wrestling is absolutely amazing on how much they have improved. And I can attest to it that it's because of the veterans that we have in the ring with them, mm -hmm. teaching them along the way. And uh, well that's, a, that's a great thing. Uh, let's, uh, I mean, you mentioned the training and let's, let's talk about that and then we'll, we'll go re rewind back to Can-Am after, but with the, sure. with, with the Alberta wrestling Academy, I mean, there was almost a, a space open after storm wrestling shut down because he went to go get, you know, he went to work with impact. I think it was, and he's still there now. So, I mean, there, there was an opening there and you guys came, came in guns blazing, opened up during the pandemic, which I couldn't imagine is an easy feat considering everything that was going on with restrictions and just the the state of the world at the time. So, I mean, what was the the process of opening up the, the school for yourself? Like, I mean, the thoughts that went into it and just how did it all come to be? It's always been a, it was actually a 20-year dream of mine. Uh, we, we wanted to do it with the original Can-Am wrestling. We wanted to build a school where we could cement ourselves of being able to make new stars. Mm -hmm. And that was the key to keeping Can-Am wrestling going because we all, you always got to implement new faces into your, your circuit. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a big dream of mine to have a school, to be able to teach the up and coming superstars, the way I was taught uh, the old fashioned way you got to earn your, 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 uh, your stripes, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, uh, when we opened the school in October 20, uh, October 3rd, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, people would have called us crazy and they did. Mm -hmm. But when we did our grand opening, we had 17 students right off the hop. And we went to work, started mm -hmm. training. And uh, I mean, I've gone through trainers. Uh, I think right now I probably have two of the best trainers that are going in uh, independent wrestling. Uh, one is uh, uh, Travis Cole mm -hmm. and the other is the Cheetah Bear Jude Dawkins, who have been in the business for a while. Uh, but the way they coach their hands-on approach with these guys explaining why they do what they do and do it when, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's incredible to watch how these guys, it's, it's just true professionalism on their part 
on the way they teach these kids and the kids actually get it. Mm-hmm. They understand why they're doing what they're doing and when. So that's the key. It's the psychology end of the wrestling. That's the most important. What I really like with those two, with those two guys, cause I'm familiar with both of them. I mean, is you're getting two different uh, wrestlers all together. You're getting, you know, Travis, you have his, you know, like they're different personalities, different characters inside of the ring where, you know, Jude Dawkins, I mean, the cheetah bear, that's something that doesn't come naturally, you know, like that's something yeah. that you have to work at. So to be able to teach that to upcoming students, that's something that he's able to provide that maybe uh, Travis isn't. So being able to have that different dynamic is beneficial to everybody involved. Yeah, they you know how they say opposites attract and and it, it attests to them like uh they've been tag team champions for Jesus almost a year now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're actually elevating the tag team game in the independent circus and in uh, Can-Am wrestling itself like uh they're showing that tag team wrestling can be a main event. Yeah. So that's the great thing about having these two guys. They 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 started by pretty much beating the hell out of each other to -hmm. become tag team partners. You know, we forced them to get together and become tag team partners uh, because of the storytelling that we, uh, we told Mm -hmm. and, and now they're inseparable, you know, beast around uh, tag team champions. Like I said, for almost a year, they're, they're, they're killing it. Mm -hmm. And every tag team that comes in goes up against them. And, and that's how you build your territory. Right. Yeah. With the with the school, I mean, what is the training like? Do you guys have classes every day? What is the facility like? All of that sort of stuff. We have a forty by forty space at. Uh, it used to be called the gym. It's mm-hmm. now called Legacy Four Hundred Three. Uh, the new owners took it over, but we have a forty by forty space. We have a sixteen foot and an eighteen foot ring in the space. Uh, two offices, a little meeting room. And uh, we train Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays if we don't have shows. But when we go on the road, these guys are also getting their training in as well. I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot to put on a show mm-hmm. from setup to teardown to music to lighting, it, uh, the production end of it, right? So these guys are not only learning how to wrestle, but they're learning all that stuff as well which is something that you might not get with every promotion. So having that sort of in your back pocket of things you're learning and experiencing, is only going to help you as a wrestler. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I keep telling the students. The more, you know, in this wrestling business, the more viable you're going to be for every promoter that's out there. Mm -hmm. If he's looking for a referee, Hey, I've done that. Yeah. You know, if uh, I need somebody to run music tonight, Oh, Hey, I've done that. Mm Mm-hmm. So the more they, the more knowledge, the more hats that they can wear, uh, it's it's only going to help them. Like, like myself, uh, back in the day in '96 when we started going on the road, I used to host the show, mm-hmm. referee the show, and half the time we'd tell a story where I'd be wrestling in the main event. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just the 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 training that I got on the road itself was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to portray to these guys that are up and comers. You know, the more you know, the better you're going to be. Mm-hmm. 
And with with the Alberta Wrestling Academy, I mean, it's something that like you're building it as a family sort of thing, like because everyone is there, supportive, all of that, being able to like, it's not just you know come in and train and go. Like you guys are, you're bringing everybody up. You're you know like, it's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's a place where you can go and like you know like know that you're surrounded by people all with the same sort of mindset. Yeah, exactly. It's it. That's what we tell them. When you get to the school, please leave all your negative energy outside the door. Mm-hmm. You're coming into a positive environment, an environment that everybody is behind you. Everybody wants you to succeed. Yeah. And that's the, the greatest thing about our school. There is no negativity in our school. Uh, and uh, it's been such a great thing to watch and see these guys learn inside that environment. As a matter of fact, I got my nine-year-old, uh, uh, they, he, I call him my grandson that has mm-hmm. started with the school and he's moving along at such an incredible rate by having all these guys that are training in and around him that he is learning so much so fast. It's, it's just incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I got a nine-year-old doing perfect moonsaults. Mm-hmm. Like Kurt Angle, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the crazy thing, right? Uh, here's here's something I wonder, and it's uh, like I, I haven't asked anyone who's you know been a part of a school or anything like that, but like when it comes to wrestling, I mean, what's how is it that you know like you guys are able to continually find people that want to train? Like, what's the I don't know what's the uh, I don't want to say vibe, but I mean like because I look and I mean in a place like Winnipeg, it doesn't seem like there's tons of people who are coming up through the systems here. But like in Alberta, you see it. So how is it that you're finding these people? What's the roots that they're coming into the schooling? I don't know. I think it's just by the way we we put on our shows and the way they see these guys. You know these characters that are are maybe to them bigger than life. Mm-hmm. But then they get to meet these guys and talk to them and see how great and unique our 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 our, our uh, backstage stuff is mm-hmm. that, that how they the guys talk to these kids it just makes them want to chase that dream. I mean a, there's a lot of people that want to be a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not they can actually get to a facility that's going to allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have worked with kids with disabilities. We have worked with kids with uh, drug and alcohol issues. We get them cleaned up. There's all kinds of systems here in Alberta that can help them get cleaned up that we you know, kind of partnered ourselves with. And the biggest thing Can-Am Wrestling, the acronym for it, is Constantly Against Narcotic and Alcohol Misuse. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to teach these kids that, hey, there's a better choice in life, and Mm -hmm. here's the way to do it. I mean, I'm going on almost 19 years now clean and sober. Mm -hmm. And I made that decision because I wanted not only to save my life, but I have two daughters that I worry about, and I want to be around to see them, you know. Yep. hopefully walk down the aisle and get married or have their own children at, at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to me to try and help and give back to the communities that we visit. And that's the key with what we're doing. Uh, and I think that's why they see us as a family unit, Can-Am Wrestling, with all the people that we 
bring to each town. Mm-hmm. And that's why the fans get behind us because they see the work that we put in. They see what we do for community. And like I said, to me, that's the most important thing is trying to give back to these communities. Uh, we just did the show in Innisfale where uh, the family lost their home in a fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we ended up raising $520. I wish we could have done more, but it is what it is. You know, every little bit helps. Yo, definitely. So, right. So that's the key for, for Can-Am wrestling is helping all these communities. Uh, and uh, we, we really, I, especially because I'm the one that's on the mic. So I kind of push and promote, uh, you know, if people, if you're having any struggles, please let us know. We'll, we're here to help you. Yeah. So that's why uh, I think we've been having such success with these uh, communities, these rural communities, because they're 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 not uh, people aren't drawn to these communities. You got to go and look for these communities to to get involved and to give back to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think we're having such a, a success because we do give back. Well, you mentioned things like that, and I know even with Can-Am Wrestling being a big part of anti-bullying initiatives and stuff like that, which in this day and age, when you look at everything going on with the, you know, with social media being so influential, having that anti-bullying stuff, I mean, it it helps out so much for kids who might not have somewhere to turn just to to know that there's people there that are like, hey, this isn't right, you know, so I'm very glad that you guys take part in stuff like that. Yeah, thank you. And it's important. And you know what? There's haters out there, mm-hmm. even for Can-Am wrestling. But the key is don't let them get to you. Mm-hmm. You have your focus. You have your dream. You have your goals that you want to get to. And if you let these haters get to you, they're they're always going to get in your way. Yeah. So I've chosen, you know, I mean, they, they talk shit about me all the time, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. They're talking about me because maybe I'm doing something right. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm, I try to stay as focused as I can. I try to keep moving forward. And uh, my goal is to hopefully one day get it back to where it was, where Can-Am was one of the promotions in Canada that nobody could touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went as far as the Queen Charlotte Islands out west to Hamilton, Ontario, out east. Uh, the Northwest Territories, the Yukon. As a matter of fact, one year we did 265 shows in one year. What wow. independent promotion do you know that's done that many shows in one year? I would I would have trouble to name a promotion able to do something like that. So, yeah. So we're, that's the thing. The key is staying focused to what your dreams, your goals, and what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Let the haters say whatever they want to say and just keep moving forward. Don't let them stop you. What inspired you to form Can-Am Wrestling? What was it? Because, I mean, in looking in the late 90s, I mean, wrestling was, you know, incredibly popular. Uh, so to to start an independent promotion, what was it that drew you to doing that? There was because there's nothing left here in Calgary. Stampede was done and gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they WWE took all the stars away from us. So we, we said, you know what, let's start our promotion and let's start making some new stars and, and start traveling and making money. And that's exactly what Can-Am did in, ni- in the 90s mm-hmm. and early 2000s. 
I mean, there were times that we were on the road for three to four weeks at a time and guys were being away from their families and stuff. And, and then, and they were making money. They were taking money home. Yeah. Right. So that was the key. It was just uh, three guys, myself, uh, Steve Gillespie, may you rest in peace and Steve wild. Mm-hmm. The three of us formed uh, Can-Am wrestling and uh, just went to work. We had the mindset of, uh, we're going to get across Canada and this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, we went after our dream and we succeeded. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your thoughts heading into that first show that you guys were pr- putting on, you know, the emotion, just your overall feeling about it? Oh God, buddy. I was so nervous that first <laughs> time going out there. I mean, you know, uh, especially cause I was well known in Calgary at that time and, and just the amount of family mm-hmm. and friends that were at the show for me. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was shitting my pants, put it that <laughs> way. But to have guys, when you came out of the ring, like Chris Jericho to critique your match and tell you what you're doing wrong or what you did wrong or what you can do to improve. Mm-hmm. What a better way, right? You're learning yeah. from one of the guys, one of the greatest of all time to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, my hat's off to him and how he has reinvented himself over and over and over again. Like any, any young guy that's watching wrestling today to see how he does it is that should be an inspiration in itself to, to motivate you to, you know, make your character be as big as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now we almost seem to be in another period where like coming out of the pandemic where just how popular wrestling is. I mean, you're seeing a lot of independent shows, you know, close to sellouts, if not sellouts. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, you can have, five or six promotions running in a a town and all of them being very viable. So, I mean, for yourself, I mean, what are some of the biggest things you've noticed with running Can-Am coming out of the pandemic? Exactly what you just said, how incredibly popular wrestling has become again. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody told uh, way back, told me that it was a a seven year up and then a seven year down. And I think we're just starting that that initial seven year up. So, hey, independent wrestling for the next seven years should thrive, Mm -hmm. thrive, thrive, thrive. And, you know, uh, during the pandemic, we had to do a different mindset. You had to do stuff that was making yourself get out there. Uh, People thought I was crazy for creating partnerships with different promotions around the world. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's gotten me so far promotions in Italy that want to work with us, promotions in Spain that want to work with us, uh, Mexico, the UK, uh, Australia, India. So we got promotions that our guys can go and visit to get work. Mm -hmm. There's eight different promotions in the United States that are, working with us. And uh, I think there's four or five in Canada that we work with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's getting our name out there around the world and what better way, right? We created a bridge with the help of uh, sweet daddy soul that uh, took our championship to Mexico and made it famous. The, mm-hmm. the Stu Hart Memorial heavyweight championship. Uh, 
guys like that, you know, that uh, love the business just as much as I do and want to see it thrive, want to see it change, want to see it get better. Mm -hmm. And that's the key is trying to get this business better and building those bridges, almost like the day when the territories were around. Yeah. Right. So that's what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, we started another thing myself and there's a gentleman in the United States that runs Chicago land wrestling. His name is John Bullard. Mm -hmm. And we started the world organization of independent wrestling. And right now, uh, as of today, we have 20 different promotions that are trying to work together for the betterment of independent wrestling. Mm -hmm. Well, you had mentioned, you know, like, you know, having these bridges, you know, with Italy and Mexico. And I, cause I know you had the partnership with big Lucha having element L elemental, uh, in town working, you know, shows for you guys. And like, you know, you look back at some of those territory years and that was something, you know, where you would have the guys coming up doing <clears throat> the circuit for, you know, a month or two months and, you know, getting exactly. the experience, the different vibes. So that's one thing I love when it comes to independent wrestling is when you can see stuff like that, you know, you're getting, wrestlers that you might not be familiar with coming to town seeing what they can yeah. do and it's just it's just opens your eyes to so much more oh and just not not only elemental there's uh only el bandito there's uh cyclone ramirez jr mm -hmm. uh all kinds of guys that we that we brought here to canada from mexico yeah and now they've been here two and three times and and the friendships that you build with these guys you know, it's a, it's incredible. I, I had C clone Ramirez stay at my house for a month mm -hmm. and not only did he get close with me, he got close with mama fever. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they call my mom. Uh, I was known as Vinny fever, as you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, my mom is now mama fever. So mm -hmm. it, it's a, uh, it's fun to, to get a chance and an opportunity to not only make friends around the world, but the brotherhood and sisterhood that professional wrestling gives you is absolutely amazing as well. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about like your what you have going on right now. I mean, because I mean, <clears throat> out in Alberta, I mean, you've been making a name for yourselves. And I mean, you look at the champions you guys have right now. I mean, the one that stands out to me is Riley Rose as your women's champion. And just what an incredible young up and comer she is with so much potential. And I mean, like having her as your champion and representative, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing for a promotion like yourselves. And what a story, right? Mm -hmm. Becoming the youngest ever in history to win the championship. Mm -hmm. What an amazing story. And she is absolutely a, an amazing wrestler. And you're going to see incredible things from her. Guaranteed. <laughs> That, that was one thing that me and her had talked about when she was on. I mean, like, when she became champion, I mean, you have cemented yourself in the history books right now. I mean, the chances of someone else coming to unsurp you are, it's, it's possible, but is it likely? It's tough to say, but, like, to know that you are going to be in the history books as the youngest women's champion, that is an incredible feat, and, like, I mentioned it to her as Canadians, we never really hype ourselves up our accomplishments, but for that, it's, you have to look back and be like, that is actually pretty incredible. Yeah, exactly. And she doesn't have to worry about uh, herself hyping it up because she's got fans within the company that'll hype her up. And uh, just, she's just an incredible young lady 
that uh, I guarantee will take the wrestling world by storm as we go here. Just uh, mark my words, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in one of the big federations real soon. Uh, besides her, I mean, who else are some of the some of the Canam uh, roster that really, you know, like you feel that people should be more aware of who they are and what they bring to the table? We have. We'll look at the the junior heavyweight champion that just lost the title, Mentolo. Uh, he's an incredible wrestler. Uh, he's learned the lucha, uh, the strong style in Japan. He went on a 542-day reign mm-hmm. as the Can-Am Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and uh, look at the, the, uh, the one that beat him, Vance Nevada. He's a wrestling historian. Mm-hmm. He's got four different books that he's written about professional wrestling. And now coming to, I believe, is his 30th year. And I believe that he is the most decorated champion in canada i can't even remember the number of belts that he's won but he just won the can-am junior heavyweight championship and he just went and won the victoria island professional wrestling championship i think it is yeah as well like you know he's probably in his last year of wrestling and what a year it's going to be for him Mm -hmm. you know to go out that way is absolutely amazing Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I mean, I, I had the chance to talk to him and you hear the stories and the, the experience he's had. And it's like, it's one of those things where you could just sit and listen to him talk and just be like enthralled by every word coming out of his mouth because he's been been able to be a part of so much wrestling history. Yeah, and especially now, the the I don't know if that people look at it as the, the shit talking that he's doing to management and Can-Am wrestling, but he's telling the truth. And he's hitting me with history and I'm in the ring going, holy shit. Yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like to, to have the, the history that that gentleman has in his mind and to be putting it out there in our shows and telling the stories and to be that leading vet that's going to, you know, hand it down to a, a, an up and comer maybe or another veteran. Who knows what's going to happen with the storytelling that we're going to tell. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to have somebody like that in your locker room that the kids can uh, go and ask anything is is super. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than super. It, it, it's absolutely downright craziness how much stuff or how much history and knowledge that we do have in our dressing room. Mm-hmm. We have Vance Nevada. We have Bobby Sharp that's going after the 2023 Loot Academy. Yes. Uh and he's, I think he's in the finals now to uh, actually win the $10,000 and the three months at uh, the Nightmare Factory. So mm-hmm. to have guys like that in our locker room and, 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 the, and the women too, like look at the German powerhouse, Kat Von Hees. Mm-hmm. She was a uh, women's champion for almost a year as well. So we're... We're, we're professional wrestling... But with the way we try to tell stories where our champions actually do mean something. Yeah. That's the key. Mm -hmm. You know, changing the belt here and there, it just diminishes the, the, the respect that these belts should have. Mm -hmm. And to watch these guys 
carry these belts and create these stories, it, to me, it's amazing. I, I still mark out. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in this business <laughs> for over 30 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody says we're marks, but I, I think at some point in our life, we were, we were all marks that, and that's why we got into the business hey, because I, we I love it so much. I still am, you know, you know, I see someone that I'm a big fan of and I mark out, you know, because it's just yep. what it is. I love wrestling and I'm not ashamed of it, you know? So yeah, uh, exactly. Me too. Yeah. There's it's, nothing to be ashamed of. No. So when people will use that in like a negative connotation, I'm like, Hey, it's professional wrestling. We're all marks. So that's right. Exactly. And I use the exact same sentence. Everybody's whenever someone tells me that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it when they say to you also, oh, it's fake. Well, okay, then tell that to my two torn shoulders that I'm dealing with right now. Tell that to my knee that I'm probably going to have to get replaced here at one point in my life. Mm -hmm. They don't understand. Even though we may script what we do, we still do what we do inside that ring. Mm -hmm. And accidents do happen. Oh, yeah. And when the accidents happen, it costs us time and money, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what these people have to understand. Like uh, wrestling may be scripted, but hell, we do what we do inside. How do, can you fake getting hit with a chair? Yeah. How can you fake going through a table? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, they, they cut the table. No, we do not cut the table. We go through that and it's uh, an impact that uh, – can take its toll if you don't do it properly. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We are trained wrestlers, mm -hmm. but it's more that we are trained professional stuntmen. Yes. And it's live, in color, in your face, and we're trying to tell a story to you while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's it's storytelling at its peak because you have the drama, you have the intensity, you have the action, and it's all compiled for your viewing, whether it's in person, it's on TV. You just sit back and immerse yourself in it and just have a great time. You know, it's, exactly. That's yeah. all we want you to do. Yeah. You know, you can cheer for who you want, you can boo for who you want, but you're there for us to invest our time and energy to make emotions happen out of you, whether it be you're pissed off at the bad guy or you're happy that the, the baby face is one. It's it, it, it. We invest our time in ha making you go through those emotions, whether it be laughing, crying, booing, you know, any, any and all emotions can happen at a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. And it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's so much fun creating these storylines and, and, and just having a fun time with it and having these guys uh, that are incredible at carrying out the story that you envision inside your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a couple more for you, then I'm going to let you go enjoy your Sunday. But we're, we're halfway through 2023. You know, when you look at Can-Am, what they've been able to do, what they are doing, what would you like to see? you know, in say two years time from Can-Am, where do you have it in your head as what Can-Am is providing? Uh, in two years time, the ideal thing for Can-Am wrestling would be to have a weekly show mm -hmm. that we can showcase stars from around the world. Yeah. That is my goal. We're getting there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we are presently on TELUS 
with uh, six episodes coming your way on the Alptic Network. Uh, We have done something that I don't know if any independents have done it. We created our own Can-Am Wrestling Network on the Public Place Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you go to slamtv.com, it's a free subscription. Uh, We have a ton of free content on there that you can watch. And we're updating it every Wednesday with a new uh, episode of... uh, can-am wrestling a one-hour episode that we put up every wednesday at 6 p.m so come check it out you never mm-hmm. know you may fall in love and uh, become a fan there you go and i i think like i i was looking at that and uh, it looked like there was some older stuff on there too i thought i saw one of your matches against yeah Black 25 Marks. years ago yes yeah, sir okay. yeah so uh, i did see that one when i was scoping out the site <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there's some great matches there. Like, I mean, Keith Hart and the Cuban Assassin, <laughs> you know? There's mm-hmm. uh, two storytellers from the past that uh, you can go and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've what I've done, uh, we used to tape everything. So I got all my VHS done into digital. So we're putting together these Can-Am classics that we can put up there. So there's going to be some new content going up nice. for the Can-Am classics as well. And we're looking forward... We have season one homecoming, season two arrival, and we're working on season three confrontation right now. Perfect. Oh, that's great. So, so I mean, much fun. Yeah, for the listeners, definitely go and check that out. That's, uh, that's really incredible. Thank you. Um, now, I like to ask everybody for a match recommendation. So one that you are personally a fan of, you know, whether it's a, a major promotion, a smaller one, but that you think that the listeners should go check out. Uh, one of our matches that they should go catch any match that you are personally a fan of. Oh, I will always be a fan of the undertaker and Mick Foley in uh, the hell in the cell that, yeah, that changed re- professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. Right. So, uh, one match that stands out to me, man, I get to see so many and there's some that are coming up. I, I just saw Scorpius and Bobby Sharp last night that had a match for the Stu Hart Memorial Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. that uh, I can say will be a Can-Am classic for sure. Uh, well, I look forward uh, that to one I'm that. trying to get out for next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just some of the stuff that we continuously go on, like the matches that these kids are putting on with these veterans right now, are ones that I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing and mm-hmm. uh, seeing uh, in, in them happen in front of my eyes. They're going to be classics. It, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely going to be looking at these two kids, Scorpius and uh, and Wes Barker, the prospector. Those are going to be two kids that uh, anybody on the independent scene watch for these two guys. Mm-hmm. Because the the rate of learning and knowledge that these guys are getting from the veterans that we have are going to be absolutely amazing down the road, for sure. Nice. Perfect. So for the upcoming, I mean, I'm not sure if you have all the summer planned. We're recording this end of June. It's coming out beginning of July, only a week later. But what show-wise, what does Can-Am Wrestling have on the horizon that the, the listeners can go check out? 
Well, our biggest one that we're going to probably be doing is coming up right away here. Uh, July 1st, Canada Day, Can-Am Wrestling goes to camp. Okay. Uh, we're doing an outdoor show at uh, Wagons West uh, RV Park and Campground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hoping to break our record uh, of 574 people. Nice. So hopefully we're going to hit about 600. And uh, to be able to promote this in all the rural towns that are out there, like Olds, Innisfail, Brooks, Okotoks, uh, you know, all these towns that we're doing presently and having people that are interested to come from that distance to sundry Alberta to watch a Can-Am wrestling show just <laughs> it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be doing something right for fans to travel to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, any but other- yeah, we got a we got a busy month with uh, July. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 21st, well, the July 1st, the 21st, we're in Okotoks. The 22nd, we're in Calgary. The 27th, we're in Olds. Uh, 28th, in Innisfail. And the 29th, we're in Redwater, Alberta, our debut up there. Nice. So, uh, and that is also the home of your Can-Am World Women's Champion. So, uh, look out. We're, uh, we're starting to grow and we're starting to travel. So you never know what's going to happen with Can-Am wrestling. Uh, I mean, I, I love to see it. I'm glad that you guys are getting out to those small towns, that the reception has been great. And I'm very stoked for what, uh, what the future holds for Can-Am wrestling. I mean, I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. And I can't thank you enough for your support that you uh, provide for us in, in just sharing our posts and, and sharing our events. Uh, I got to say thank you. Yeah, of course. It's my pleasure. I mean, I, I love independent wrestling. So whether it's the wrestlers coming on to share your stories, yourself here to talk about Can-Am, like I just, I love talking wrestling and just getting more of it out there because it is such a great, great thing. And I hope that people come out to the shows and get to experience it because there's so many great things that wrestling has to offer. Exactly. Exactly. And come see some of the greatest veterans and rookies in the Can-Am wrestling uh, show. Um, uh, we are a family entertainment show, mm-hmm. so you never have to worry about it getting too outrageous for the kids. Mm-hmm. We want to have a good time and we want to make you part of our family. So anybody out there that, uh, is looking to bring Can-Am wrestling to, uh, their town, you know, shoot me a dingle Can-Am wrestling 2021 at gmail.com. Give us a. Give us an email and uh, we'll definitely uh, see what we can do to make it to your rural area and put on an incredible show that you won't forget. And where can they find you on other social media like Twitter and Instagram and that? Everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, We're on them all. Perfect. Can-Am Wrestling, the Alberta Wrestling Academy. They're on everything social media wise and keep your eyes open because you never know when we might make an announcement that – you're definitely going to want to check out. Otto, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Can-Am Wrestling. Thank you for having me. That is uh, an awesome thing when uh, I get to speak about something that I truly love, and that's independent wrestling and Can-Am Wrestling. Thank you so much to Otto from Can-Am Wrestling for joining me here on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I appreciate him taking time out of his day to come share the story about Can-Am Wrestling. 
Thank you to him. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. I feel like I'm rambling there, but uh, if it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at Graymaker Pod, all other social medias, Graymaker Wrestling Podcast. You can find me weekly up on Love Wrestling doing four exposure with my good friend Pluggo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling, reviewing shows, talking news, all of that some f- sort of fun stuff. That's every Saturday up on Love Wrestling. You can find me doing the brunch gimmick. Go shoot them a follow. Check out their Patreon, their social media, all of that fun stuff because there's so much great content on there. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.